Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Hi guys, thank you for joining us and checking us out for the first time. Either way, we're glad you're here and we have another great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview, uh, you know this man, it is Ralph Macchio. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family, which is a conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link and join us. And our superfan shout out is for Julio. Say hi to Julio, guys. Julio, hello. Hey, Julio. Tapping in Julio. Julio actually, uh, he commented on the post we had about Family Guy. Uh, it was Family Guy's 350th episode, and they sent me a gift to help them promote it. That was very nice of them to think of me. Uh, it was a 350-piece puzzle <laughs> that they send, yeah, to a guy hmm. with no patience in ADD. I mean, you know. He's like, this piece <laughs> fits here. Uh, <laughs> this is what they send me. So, you know, and my wife was like, uh, oh, they, they sent us a puzzle. And, you know, the little ray of sunshine. We should do this. This is very kind of them. Which okay, I, I find them relaxing. The puzzles of the Family Guy. Yeah. Uh, both. Well, you think Phil, who do you think Phil looks like in the Family Guy? Peter. Peter, yeah. <laughs> oh, what the f- what? You look nothing like him. Where, what is that about? From day one, looks like Fred Flintstone. No, no, Peter. Doesn't he have a puffy face? I'm just saying Alex thinks you look like him. I'm not going to make any. <laughs> now any I got to go see what he looks. I don't watch the character guy. reminds me of Phil. Right. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. So we, we get the puzzle. You know, it's nice for him to think of me. But I got now I got to I got to come up with something funny to post it for the family guy. So we're up at my in-laws house. And uh, she Alex reminds me, we have to do this social media post for the family guy. I emailed the lady back and said we would do it. Well, yeah, you don't want to piss off a fairy. She should put a curse on. <laughs> so okay, so uh, I get up, I go in the shower, I come out, I got to think of something funny. I go, and my wife, my and my in laws are doing the puzzle like little elves. Well, I commanded them. You com- I commanded them. <laughs> I commanded I said, them. No, I actually said, please help me. We need to get this done. Uh-huh. And they enjoy puzzles. Yeah. And they were all sitting there doing the puzzle. They got it done in like an hour. They were like the birds that sit on the windowsill. And when the guy goes to sleep, they make shoes at the, for the cobbler. <laughs> you wake up and all the shoes are done. And you look, how'd this get done? And you see birds laughing on the windowsill. Are you calling my family magic? Yes, and I am. That's, that's why are. I married into it. I already have, I have the yelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the puzzle is done. Uh, now we have to shoot a little video with the puzzle. Okay, fine. So I come up with something funny. Great. I go, okay, honey, let's shoot it. No, I don't like the lighting. Uh, okay where's the light the lighting's better in the living room okay so uh this is good so now i gotta move the puzzle so i'm moving the i got it on a piece of cardboard i'm moving the puzzle i put it on the on the on the coffee table we're in front of the fireplace okay let's shoot this thing no i have a shadow what (laughs) 
there's, there's a shadow. I don't, I don't like this. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying to be patient. I really am. I like the natural light. Let's go outside. Now I got to bring this friggin' puzzle outside. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, all right, let's go find out where you want it before I move the puzzle, honey. Okay. And then, and then she goes, little fairy wings go. When you're outside, she goes, I like it under the tree. I like that. No, no, I don't like that. <laughs> no, is it, that, that's, you know what? I don't like, I don't like the fence. It, it looks, it doesn't look right. Let's go back inside. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting like this. I'm going, if I had patience for this, I would have done the friggin' puzzle on my own. Doesn't she know <laughs> who she's dealing with? <laughs> and I, it's my wife, so I can't, because yeah, we also have the anxiety that I, I have to come up with something, and, and believe it or not, it's, it's still a little performance. So the same, the machine just knows that it's, we're getting ready to work. Right. And on Top Gear, you know, season five, I used to say to the director, you better hurry up. You're running out of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now, uh, you're running out of Adam, so you better get this shot. That's season five. Uh, season two, I went, eh, it's fine. Whenever, whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah, whatever you need. It's fine. So Behind she, the scenes of Adam. Yeah. So she finally gets the puzzle. We, we find it. She has the background she wants. She's moving plants. She's bringing, you know. Well, I didn't want to expose my mom's house. She, yeah, she wanted, she, wanted, she wanted to keep her mother privacy because God forbid that the America finds out that my mother-in-law has ceramic ducks in the living room. God knows what that scandal's going to be like. Whatever, Adam. <laughs> Whatever, Adam. <laughs> That's a good name of a show. So we're ready Whatever, to go. She's, I said, okay, we're good. We're ready to go. I said, ready? Okay, fine. Take a deep breath. Okay, right. All right, let's shoot this thing. Wait, I can see the hinge on the door. I don't care about it. What do they think? We don't have hinges? People have hinges on the doors. That's how they work. And that was the end of it. I just, she went, I'm just trying to make things better. And she stormed off. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, what I did, I said, okay, here you go. Here's my phone. You do it. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. So I did it. And she came back <laughs> and I had to do it again. <laughs> because it sucked. Because it wasn't good enough, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Ad, did you do it in one take? How many takes did you do? There was only one take. <laughs> you think I have patience? So it was perfect. It was perfect the first time. Come on. <laughs> Phil, you think I have patience for me? I don't even have yeah. patience for me. <laughs> okay. When I'm done, I'm done. That's well, it. The funny part yeah. is I said, okay, let me look at it. And he goes, no. I said, let me just look at it. And he goes, here. <laughs> and then I looked at it. I'm like, okay, let's do it again. Mm. <laughs> But that's oh it, you know, because I, I know, oh, look, honey, I know you're just trying to make things better and everything. It's just that when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. That's it. It's, it's either when that switch goes off in my head, we're either going or we're not. That, that things are just black or white at that point. Well, mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's not how the world works. That's how my world works. And, and if you're going <laughs> to live in it, this is what I need you to do. Well, good luck. Good luck, Adam. But yeah, I, I, we, we, we've mentioned before, guys, about letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. And if it's not yes. perfect, you, you don't do anything. Do you have that, Mark? Oh, I've got that in spades. Well, first of all, I work with a guy by the name of Anthony Irwin Kornheiser, <laughs> who shares some of your patience issues. Yeah, yeah. In fact, who was the football coach that if your meeting was at 1 p.m., you had to, if the meeting actually started at 1250? Yeah, yeah. It's Bill Parcells. Bill if you're Parcells. on time, you're five yeah, minutes Parcells. late. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the clock <laughs> yeah. on the show. If you're late... Being early, it throws everything off. Yeah. So I get all of this. Mm -hmm. But no, when I like, so when I want to write, I will be like, all right, let me just clean up a little bit around here. Oh, let me get the, let me get a snack. Let me get the, the great drink. Okay, let me, oh, you know what? I need some music. Let me get this and let me get it all perfect. And I make all these lists to get the environment perfect. And I never end up writing. And what <laughs> I find that I actually, when I want to get stuff done, I eliminate all that clutter from my mind about what I think I need, mm -hmm. and I just grab a pen and I just start writing, and then yeah. it, it just flows at that point. Yeah, Phil, you have that. You have that procrastination before you create. You got he he moved twice once because he couldn't <laughs> figure out a second act of a movie. I have, yeah, I'll move. I will because I need a different atmosphere to be able to write. I think a new atmosphere will boost my creativity. That's what I do. If I move, I'll write something. That's what it is. Instead of just sitting the hell down at my desk and doing the work. That's all I really had to do. Yeah. You, you're doing the same thing. You're detaching from the work. And that's what I remember when yep. I was going to the library for a while. Hey, Adam, I'm going to go to the library and write there. Yeah. You know, I'll walk in there. There'll be books. It'll be, it'll, it'll inspire me. You yeah. Know, I was like, get the hell. This place is too noisy. Yeah. I can hear all the, it's supposed to be people whispering in there. It's noisy. 
get the hell out of here. Yeah, I, I got to get out. Mark, he doesn't tell you. They asked him to leave. <laughs> yeah. Sir. Did you leave? Shh, leave now. You know? Yeah. But I do that. I try. Maybe if I go to a library, it'll inspire me. And it's, it you know, just get inspired. It's not inspired. You get caught up in your bullshit. You're afraid yeah. to. Yeah. You get caught up in the bullshit. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. it, when you say perfect, yeah. there's perfect. And then there's order. You yes. know, when you have a desk and it's kind of like your desk now, Adam, sorry. Yeah. When it's uh, a little messy, you kind of don't get things done in an orderly fashion. Right. But when you know where everything is and you have this like clean slate, let's say, then you can actually, your creativity kind of blossoms. Yeah, I, I actually, you're right. There's stuff all over the desk because I'm working out, but I always uh, give myself five or 10 minutes just to set the conditions uh, to create. I just look at it like, okay, I'm, I'm making a space for something to happen. So if, if I look at it that way, it puts like a limit in my head, a time limit on my head. Like, okay, that's enough. Now I get to work. Well, I think what you're talking about is like, there's usually two different demeanors of people mm. in the world. I think people who are, maybe you're caught in the middle, actually, Adam, people who are very creative, like they can look at a, at the sky and see, well, that cloud looks like, you know, a flower or a mountain. I've or... smoked some of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they see things, the artistic things, you, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you, you look at a tile and you're like, oh, look at that face and look at that, whatever. Yeah. And other people just see time and numbers and yeah. we got to get this done. we got to check it off. So there's, there is some sort of happy medium, I believe, um, because you can't really exist in society one way or the other. Right. Um, unless, of course, you go up in a mountain and well no because i do have i do have that ordered structure to things because it does uh order soothes my anxiety and i do i'm very task oriented but yet i can see clint eastwood's face in a baked potato <laughs> well which is you know that's what i'm saying it's a good balance but sometimes i know you want to get something done but it's always better when you're calm and then we get like the nice creative, like you'll think of something out of the box. Yeah. Usually that's the best. Yeah, it is. I just, I just, I just can't suffer through the time. <laughs> you were so good in that. I had a stroke leading up to it. So <laughs> it's timing. It's like I, I can give myself enough time to set those conditions, but then I got to get to work. And when things are right, they seem to fall into place. It's, it's like when I was talking to Ralph about um, Cobra Kai, it, it's a big hit, but it wasn't the first time he was approached to revisit the Karate Kid. And he felt that this approach, and it was time for it to be, uh, to be, to be re-examined and reimagined. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really loved catching up with Ralph. Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, he's a good friend, and you guys are going to get a lot out of this. So, give a listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Be patient with people. We aren't all always on the same page. You better hurry up. You're running out of Adam. <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara podcast. He has suffered for his art, and now it's your turn. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, guys. I am heading back out on the road to do stand-up. Did you hear that? That was Alex saying, thank God. I will be at Bananas in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, October 16th and 17th. I will be at Comics at the Mohegan Sun Casino, October 22nd through the 24th. And October 30th, I will be at Soul Joel's Amphitheater in Royersford, Pennsylvania. I don't know if I said that right, but that's where I'm going to be. 
I'll put a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the ticket link there. If you can make any of these gigs, please come up and say hello after the show. I would like to thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. And I'll stay six feet away from you because I know where I've been. I'm doing this for you. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an actor, a pop culture icon, a fellow longtime suffering Jets fan, and my pal. Uh, you can see his worldwide phenomenon, the hit Cobra Kai on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm so grateful he made time for us today. It is Ralph Macchio. How are you, baby? I'm great, Adam. Great to see you, and I'm glad we finally uh, hooked it up. We've been talking about it a while, Yeah, getting on the podcast, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited we were able to pull it off. That's yeah, me great. too. And congratulations great. on your success. We worked together. Uh, we were shooting a movie when it... Uh, when it was just beginning, I think you said you were ready to go into production on Cobra Kai, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was, um, I think we weren't, um, we were like in the talking stages of it. And mm-hmm. then I saw you on a on a flight somewhere from uh, New York to L.A., I think. Um, and I, we just had, we just, uh, the announcement was just made when the, the, the initial YouTube thing was uh, yeah. set up. And uh, it's crazy. It's been, uh, it's been a long time. You know, a lot of pitches over the years mm-hmm. that have thought, that have sucked, and, <laughs> uh, and you know, here's why we should do this. Here's yeah. why we should do it. And I'd be like, no, that's not why we should. Do it. No, that doesn't sound right. And I'm, it's always easier to protect the legacy um, than to take uh, just a quick shot or a, a cash grab, one-off concept, um, and uh, and timing too. Timing is everything. I mean, this. This the movie back in '84 just was lightning in a bottle and mm-hmm. had this blessed quality about it. And this show um, is doing the same. There's just something about it. I got uh, I got big time lucky, but I look big time smart right now. Like I <laughs> waited for the right time. I was, but it is. I listen. I had an instinct with these these three writers. They really, um, you know, they it's their Star Wars. It's they worship that that film franchise and. And I, it shows because they really care, and that's why it's working, I think. Yeah, it's also, like you said about time, there's a discipline to that as well. Um, there's a discipline to, uh, to to listening to that instinct, that it's not, this yeah. isn't right, this isn't there, especially especially in our line of work, you know, because it's up yep. and down. I mean, we were talking about it when we worked together about, um, about how you weather those storms and how you can, yep. now I have to go back and be, I have to be a, I can work and then I can go back and be a person. It's not like we have a regulated life. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, because it, when it did start, because you started in one of my favorite movies was the Mad Magazine movie, was Up the Academy. Ah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it, yeah. That was the first movie. Yeah, yeah. That was the first movie, the first job. Uh, the first, um, yeah, that's the first movie. I had a commercial that happened in between getting that job and doing the movie. Mm-hmm. But the first time I was employed was for, for up the Academy, a film directed by Robert Downey senior. Um, his kid is quite known and his kid was like 13. I think he was just 14. Right. Uh, Downey. And um, it was, you know, it was like the answer that when they were scrambling, look, when I look back at it now, it was, it was Warner brothers at the time was scrambling. I think universal, I believe it was Universal Studios had Animal House. Yeah, um, and that I was Lampoon. That. that was, but the, but the National Lampoon was part of that. The, Up the Academy was a Tom Patchett, Jay Tarsus script. They came out of like Bob Newhart, Carol Burnett, you know, uh, as far as writers, and they wrote this this zany comedy of these misfits in military, the Weinberg Military Academy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, these misfit kids, I played the son of a mafia chieftain, Chooch Bambalazzi was his name. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's really funny because the Mad Magazine was slapped on to the movie after it was edited. Yeah. Uh, just based on the National Lampoon working so well for Animal House. Um, but it's cool. There's some quotable lines in that movie. Some of them are rated. And, uh, and it's funny because my audition for that was for Downey Sr., and he just kept putting more 
F-bombs in my mouth. He was like, say this and did. And the more I said, uh, can I, I can say everything on this. Sure, right? sure. Said, fuck. The more I said, fuck, the louder he laughed. And I guess because I was this little squeaky, I looked like I was 12. Yeah. I was probably 17 at the time. So you got the, the macho curve there. You got that five-year... I don't know. I'm trying to hang on to it, but back then it was, you know, I still, I was like still going, yeah, I went through puberty for 27 years. And, um, and so he just, he was cracking up every time I said, I just, I just keep saying fuck. And uh, you know, it was, uh, it was fun. It was my, the launch pad for me. Yeah. And then the next thing, or, or one of the next things was the karate kid. And, and it was the rock. Was it Alverson, the, the Rocky director, correct? Yes. Yes. The outsiders came before karate kid. So oh, that's as, right. Oh, know. that's what I wanted to ask you about, because I worked with before I met you, before we worked together, I met uh, I worked with C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and we, we, we uh, you know, you, you know, when you're on a set, you, you get together for a week, you know, so you're eating lunch right. together. and everything. So you start bullshitting and everything. And so I asked about the outsiders because, you know, we all read the book. When we were a kid right, and his eyes lit up. Yeah. And then when we worked together and the same thing, we're having lunch one day. I asked you about it and your eyes lit up, too. And. It was the same look. I was struck by the same look. That's very cool. I, there's a there's a sort of kindred spirit with all those guys, all those, and at least not forget Diane Lane. Mm-hmm. But all the um, that cast, you know, anytime I I bumped in, I bump into any of them, whether it's Matt Dillon or Rob Lowe or Emilio and um, or Diane or CT. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that, you know, we were part of that that piece of cinema that sort of launched us all. Francis Ford Coppola, yeah. classic novel. God, you know, it's like you check all the boxes as a young actor. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty good one. So yeah, that's um, that was like the first like call outsiders. Your first, you know, it's the first kiss, your first love. You never forget it. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, something special about it. But then Karate Kid came uh, on the heels of that. So was, and that was that was uh, and that was Alison directed it, and you read yeah. with him, right? I think you. I did. Yeah. And that, that audition is actually on YouTube. You could, if you know, he put my audition tape and Pat Morita's audition tape on YouTube, and it's still out there. And it's pretty amazing to to look at our birth both times we first read those the words of those characters. And the interesting thing is, you try as an actor, you try so hard, like it's the audition. You know, you got to nail it. You got to hit this beat. You got to hit that. But at the end of the day, very often you're either right or you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's only so much work. I mean, yes, if you suck, you suck. But if when I looked at that Daniel Russo audition, which was the first time I, you know, read the scene with someone and heard it out loud without really getting a tremendous amount of direction, he's not that far from the kid that's uh, on the, on the screen on the finished product. Yeah. You know, there it's, I, there wasn't much I could have changed. I just seemed to be the right guy at the right time with the right part. And that's usually what ends up happening, you know? And so, so that was a, that was a big one. Cause Avelson was, um, um, you know, he was in his apartment in New York and just holding a big video camera. I mean, like with the battery pack and, <laughs> and he did that all the time. I mean, he did that when we were, you know, anytime we were shooting, we'd get lunch, he'd be videotaping everybody. That's, that's how and I learned that from him. You know, he'd always say you can conceptualize as much as you want, but sometimes you just have to see it and play around with it. Um, so you take a little, you know, names like Downey Sr. and Coppola and John Avelson. I mean, when I run that gamut in that short window that I got to play with those guys, right. um, it's pretty, I'm pretty lucky because you get, you really, at a young age, you get to absorb some of those, uh, some of those uh, lessons or, you know, wisdom. Yeah. Well, well, they had you first, right? And then Pat Morita. That, that hit at a great time in my life because there was that mentor-student kind of relationship that everybody uh, – I, I think I was reading some book about anyone searches for that, especially a young man looking for guidance and everything and being bullied. And it was the mm-hmm. time of, of good and evil movies. It was like it was, yeah. it was like Star Wars. It was black and white. You know, it yeah. was yes. – and Karate Kid was black and white. There was bullies Absolutely. and you were the good guy. And so it was a simpler time, but the, the friendship – seems so authentic to me and in speaking to you i know that there was a genuine affection for each other with between you and pat Mm -hmm. yes for sure 
for sure. Um, it was interesting because I just spoke to his uh, daughter on the phone yesterday, actually. Um, you know, it's there was an instinct, uh, instinctive um, respect for each other. There was an ease. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, listen, it's interesting. I, I worked with you, you know, and on day one, we were like, it was our 15th cousin, cousin's picnic. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain, certain, there's a certain chemistry, there's a certain ease of which you work with someone that you can't necessarily practice. You either have it or you don't at the onset. Right. It doesn't always yield the greatest fruit, but it, there's, it, it makes, um, there's a familiarity. So when, you know, as an actor, you, you meet on set day one and we're old friends in Lost Cat Corona, right? The film we did, yeah. you know, it was instantly, there was like 20 years between these guys. And, uh, and so that was just, that just happened with us. Well, with Pat, there was, there wasn't that as, um, but there was a mentor student. There was a respect. He had such a respect for Japanese American culture and, and in his view, the responsibility he had mm-hmm. to portray that character with dignity, um, that I just saw that as so, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Regal is the wrong word. I saw that as such, um, um, this is the old man brain now. I think <laughs> I'm smart. I start a sentence and I'm not that smart. <laughs> Uh, anyway, somewhere, someone more intelligent will finish that sentence. Right. And there's a great deal of respect for a great actor. And we knew we had the yin to the yang. We yeah. knew we had that um, teacher, student, father, son, vulnerable, both characters vulnerable. Yeah, um, That's a big part of it. You know, that's, that's a big part of that soulful magic that was in that, that uh, partnership is there was a vulnerability from the kid's perspective and from the mentors, but they both fill the void for each other and that was day one happened as soon as we picked up the pages credit the script yeah as well you know but it uh, and the director and everything else but um well yeah. i tell you the scene where that really emotionally as a kid uh because you did see it you know his wife died you found the letters and you know i remember the movie vividly but the the scene that got me ralph was uh the bonsai scene when you're driving yeah. out in, in in the 48 ford the super deluxe yeah. the yellow convertible yeah. And he'd go yeah. find balance, and he just went bonsai, and he's yelling bonsai as you leave, and you're yelling bonsai back, and I'm just, I'm like, oh god, he's got me. Yeah. I want someone yeah. to yell bonsai for me. Give me a car, know, no, no. or give you a 47, 47 Ford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you got. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, that's the magic. That's the magic. You know, that's the wish fulfillment element of that movie, the aspirational. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that car that Daniel Russo was the every kid next door. He didn't have business winning anything, yeah. you know, so we could all be that kid. Yeah. And I think that's why it resonated then. Um, you know, one of the reasons and uh, why it still resonates uh, today. Yeah. But what I do like about what, uh, and we were talking about it on set well, is that world was black and white when we were kids, when we saw that movie and it hit well. I could tell everyone was doing the crane pose in the parking lot. You know, everyone's, <laughs> You know how many times I felt I would start doing the crane pose on the dock. We used to camp at Lake George, and they had the. Uh, the so I'd stand on the dock and do the crane pose. I fell in the water so many friggin' times. <laughs> but then, as the characters now in Cobra Kai is that, and I uh, I read this uh, in an interview you did. Uh, I think it was the Vanity Fair interview. There's shades of gray in the yes. older people, and I yep. think what one of the things that for me anyway is. As you get older, there's there's a certain amount. It's not less clarity, but I think it's more understanding of others. If 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 you're leading, if you're if you're open to see uh, um, uh, another point of view, and I think you guys you capture that very well. Yeah, well, that's what that's one of the things that enriches the show so much, and it allows these elements and characters to breathe. Is when you dive into those gray areas. And not listen. A classic Miyagiism is not everything is as seen, mm-hmm. right? So I mean that is something that is thematic to um, to Cobra Kai, and also that a good person, someone with good intentions, with certain negative qualities and or demons and or issues, is still trying to do good. And that's the case with with our characters in the show. They're outside of maybe John Kreese, the the evil Darth Vader sensei. Um, <laughs> Sweep the leg. Part, we're all, um, 
you know, trying to do good and failing, but pushing each other's buttons. And, and it's kind of, you know, they skin their knees and scrape their hands and have to get up and figure it out. And, and, uh, and every episode, you know, your allegiance could change episode to episode with Cobra Kai. And I think that's, that that works not only with the the legacy characters like me and Billy Zapka's character, but also with our our young cast as well, which is super important in the longevity of the of the of the piece. That you know these characters are are relevant and and people latch onto them, and that's that's been working so far. Yeah, and and you you've captured I think, and again we talked about a timing in uh, the 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 comfort food aspect of the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And then the the current day uh, stories yes. that you guys are telling. I mean, you got that whole thing together. And there's a timing issue in life. Uh, we we were actually I remember talking about on stage, especially in our line of work. You're hot, you're cold, you're hot, you're cold, mm-hmm. and you got to weather those those storms. And I remember you were telling me um, uh, when right before you did uh, my cousin Vinny. You know, they were like you were like that was a struggle for you to get that part. I think. Yeah. Were you doing the De Niro play at that time? No, uh, De Niro play was uh, uh, 86. Mm-hmm. So that was like my my sort of that window for me from, say, 82. I mean, if you want to go back since you're such a big uh, uh, Up the Academy fan. So 80, <laughs> 81 through to, um, you know, 86, 80, 87. That sort of first two thirds of the 80s was when everything was really cooking and everything then, was coming up macho yeah everything was coming up macho 86 and the mets won the world series <laughs> it was a good it was a good run for me <laughs> um and uh but then then it gets cold pretty fast yeah um you know and by the time Vinny was 91 right um um and that was uh i was not on anyone's list i mean to play the italian cousin of joe pesci at the time, you'd say this is kind of a no-brainer as far as, okay, let's at least look at him. Right. <laughs> let's take a look at Machio for this. But at that point, and that was 20th Century Fox at the time, they were they were just like, they had this, this list, two people that were on that list. It's really cool because at the time, and I get it, even though they didn't fit in the movie, were Will Smith and Ben Stiller. Because at that time, mm-hmm. those guys were just on the on the big rise from that uh at that point i didn't know will smith was italian yeah right nor nor was ben stiller and will smith actually came in to read Mm. and on the day that i did um and it was very cool because he did it's funny because in full circle he is uh, an executive producer as is his company on cobra kai because when they did the remake of the karate kid in 2010 mm-hmm. they assumed some of the rights of the property so in order to do cobra kai we had to kiss sure. you know kiss the ring and get those let me wet my so- beak yeah right so everybody's uh somehow connected but um you know once i auditioned for Vinny, it happened um uh, but uh getting getting through the ranks at that point it was um it was an agent of mine at that time that you have having to you know dig in yeah and um you know sometimes you have to fight for them and sometimes but i was all you know i was a little bitchy about it. i was like i you know i'm not like how can i not get in the room for this sure i had met i had met joe i met pesci because when i was doing a de niro play he would uh he came by he saw the show and and he was all on board for it but uh and it was it was not a struggle once I got to meet the director and we read the scene, mm-hmm. but it's interesting how that that works. You know, people a lot of people make decisions based on how not to get fired instead of what might be the best decision. But um, you know, I I get that too when you're working for a big a big company. Yeah, you know? sometimes you, I I hate going into the prevent defense. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what it is. Let me ask you something about the set, uh, just the flow of uh, of my cousin Vinny. There's a scene, and I still freaking laugh at this. Pesci tips the guy in jail. <laughs> that's I think that that was him. It had I to believe, be. <laughs> I believe that was him. I mean, listen, that script was, you know, we we shot the script, yeah, and uh, and it was an excellent script by Dale Lohner, who wrote. Uh, um, Oh God, not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. What's the other one with Danny DeVito? Ruthless People. Ruthless People. Bette Midler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So he, um, among other things, but that's the one that came to mind. So 
but but yeah, Joe, I believe I remember in rehearsal him just taking the it's great. And and then Marissa and Marissa Tomei just, you know, knocking it out of the park. Oh yeah. And Fred Gwynn. You got the Fred Gwynn was incredible. His last performance. Yeah. His last performance. And he was um he was spectacular. He had just done, I think, Big Daddy in uh Cat on a Hot Tin Roof or something. Mm-hmm. And uh he was talking about his southern drawl and he wanted to bring it to the the table and joe pesci was always not always but at the onset he was like i don't know you know he's herman munster they're gonna be looking at herman munster and i said yeah but they're gonna be looking at a karate kid they're gonna be looking at a gangster yeah yeah let's let's you know and we were talking we had an early conversation about about stereotypes because we all were in a little bit of a pigeonhole sure there and um uh there was no evidence of everyone was able to shed that and be you know, there's some really wonderful performances and great character actor performances. Austin Pendleton is the stuttering public defender. <laughs> you go back and watch Vinny and you just see me and Mitchell Whitfield like this. <laughs> just laughing, shoulders jogging up and down for those of you yeah. uh, uh, listening to the podcast. It was, we would just go back and watch Vinny and, and look at us in the background when the stuttering public defender is going. And even Pesci was turning his head the other yeah. way. And it is very tough to break him up. He's rock solid, but we were gone. I, you know what? It's like, you don't have to go back and, and find these movies. When these movies are on TV, you stop. It's like right. the stuff you've been in, you stop. Karate Kid, you stop. You know, Vinny, you stop. You know yeah. where I stop? I stop at Crossroads when you play in that oh. telecaster with Steve Vai. I was like, I'm not, honey, I'm not, I know how it ends. Start the car. I'll be there. <laughs> That's right. Now, I always call my cousin Vinny the late for dinner movie because mm-hmm. if it's on, you're going to be late for dinner. Yeah. Uh, Crossroads was a, a blast. I got to keep that uh, Telecaster. I know you told um, me I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could play it like I faked it in the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some great, that's a great looking movie. So that guitar duel at the end is like, it's just a great gunfight. Walter Hill, our director, directed 48 Hours and The Long Riders and other. Uh, great movies at the time and uh he directed uh, a deadwood a bunch of deadwood mm-hmm. uh and so it's yeah i've gotten to to tap dance and tango with some great filmmakers and and um and learn yeah and you want to know one of the things i like first of all i like you only because we, we got to get together i like you as a guy and as an actor and everything but i really admire your awareness of your position in people's consciousness and your kindness when those moments come up, because they're, we've discussed this before, they're their moments, they're not your moments. Right, right. I appreciate that, man. That's well said, and thank you. And I feel the same way about you. This is great. This is just a hangout. Yeah. <laughs> you do a great job because it's it's really just a conversation and uh, and in a, enter, hopefully entertaining. But um, yeah, that's something that, uh, you know, I blame my parents sometimes for my quote-unquote groundedness if you will i'd like to believe i'm grounded although i you know i have my moments um but i think um you know it's the same it's the same thing with like just the success of this daniel larusso character and the fact that he's been part of my life since 1984 and there was a chunk of time where not that i wish i didn't have him but i wish i had other people as well right and and uh, that was a short section of time, but for the most part, as you get, uh, as I get younger, um, I uh, I embrace having the privilege and responsibility of portraying a character that's meant something to people. And so it's those things that are in the forefront of my mind for the most part when I have those moments like you're talking about, and because uh, you know everyone's got their 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 joke or their reason or their um, you know, ask of me that they think they're the first ones to come up with it. <laughs> and I yeah. kind of have to, you know, let them down gently that I might have heard that a couple hundred thousand times, but yeah. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's all, it's all a lot. Listen, it's lifted, you know, it's why this Cobra Kai is being embraced like this around the globe. It, it's a, it's, it represents a part of people's lives in a warm and fuzzier time in life, especially with what we're dealing with on a daily basis right now. Yeah. But I think what you said about Pat Morita having that, uh, that to communicate the, the, the care and respect of, of, of his culture and to have, 
you in charge of Daniel Larusa and what that means to other people. I think uh, I think Daniel's got a good shepherd, and I I thank you for doing that uh, for everybody, my friend. You're a good man. Oh, man, that's great. It's great. It's uh, I'm the lucky one, right? That's how I look at it. I know yeah. it sounds uh, like a Hallmark card, but it's the way to look at it. Look at this world we're in right yeah. now. So embrace something. If you could spread a little joy some way, if I've been gifted with the ability to make somebody smile because I did a movie that meant something to them and yeah. I they get to revisit it, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Good to see you, brother. Best of your family. You too. You too, my man. And I can't wait till we uh, break bread together again. Yes. And, uh, pick up something at Dairy Barn and I'll come <laughs> over. <laughs> Let's laugh soon, brother. Be well. Yeah, you got it. Thanks so much, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. The Adam Farrar Podcast is brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. Now, let's say you have anxiety and it causes you to lose your patience with people. Patience is truly a virtue. Shut up! Just do what I do. Take one of the gummies they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. And that's not all they have. They have edibles, tinctures, paint creams, bath products, pet products, hand sanitizer. Alex wanted me to remind you about the bath bubbly thing. That is just wonderful. And I'll tell you what, 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Oh, you don't have to thank me. 20% off anything they have with the coupon code ADAM at CruiseIntoWellness.com. Go. Feel better. This is Ralph Macchio, and that was 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. Oh, that was so much fun for me. Yeah, it was awesome. fun for me, too, because you guys got along so well. You're like kindred spirits. I yeah. felt that. That yeah, was, was nice. it was good to catch up with. Yeah. And what's the hell with you Long Island people <laughs> and Dairy Barn? I get this with Kornheiser all the time. It's this cultural, like, I don't know, temple for everybody. Oh, yeah, the Dairy Barn! It's the highlight of my life in Long Island! Yeah, I had, I had the same, like, because he, he closed with that. He was like, see you at the Dairy Barn or something, and then you guys laughed. I was like, okay, what's the Dairy? I don't even know what that is. What, what's the Dairy Barn? You, oh, yeah, you didn't grow up on Long Island. Long, uh, on Long Island, there was a thing called the Dairy Barn, which was it looked like a little barn, but it was a drive through deli because people did <laughs> I'm hungry, but I don't want to get out of the friggin' car. <laughs> it's still there, right? Yeah. Give me one of those. Yeah, give, give me one, one of those. those. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a couple still left. Yeah. So, so when I first we did a we did a movie together right before he started Cobra Kai, and uh, you know the first day to set, everyone introduces themselves. You're a little nervous and everything, and we shot it in Corona Queens, and I forget what the circumstances was, but I I made a reference to the Dairy Barn, and he just fell out laughing. <laughs> and he goes, you from Long Island? I go, yeah. And it was just like we were old friends again. Because what happened was when you drive into the dairy barn is um, you would have to uh, – you would tell people what you wanted. You know, there was a little, a little guy working there. First of all, the guy working there, obviously stoned. <laughs> it was – 100%. And, yeah, it's December. He's wearing shorts and sandals on Long Island. <laughs> So you drive up and you tell them what you want. Hey, give me a give me a box of those Entenmann's uh, chocolate chip cookies, a quart of milk, a pack of Marlboro Red, and and he would give you how much it is. You know, seventeen twenty five, and you would have to yell back out of twenty, so he could bring the change to you <laughs> because he was too high to make two trips and do math. <laughs> a lot yeah. to ask. Yeah, yeah. And, and why are there three donuts missing? Yeah. I ate him on the way. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so I made a joke about Dairy Bond, and Ralph laughed, and we were we were friends uh, since then. <laughs> yeah, I caught, I caught that it was an inside thing. It was very mm-hmm. endearing. It was a very cool thing to close with. And but at that time, when we, when we did that movie together, um, he was just, uh, I think, finalizing um, Cobra Kai. And on a movie <clears> set, you become very close very quickly because you, you're working together. You're it's. It's uh, it, you're in a heightened emotional state because you're acting, and then mm-hmm. and you, it's just you guys all day. I mean, the whole second act of this movie, the movie's called Lost Cat Corona. The whole second act was me and him running around, so it was just me and him for a, a week or so shooting. Uh, and he said, you know, the Cobra Kai is coming back, and he told me he's like, it felt like the right time to do it. Um, yeah, and- I like that he said that. He said he trusted his instincts because the, he got so many scripts, and he's like, yeah, it's not the right. Mm-hmm. He kind of honored what the Karate Kid was. Yeah. what it meant and kind of wanted to I don't know about matching it but wanted to what is it called respect it yeah respect yeah, it yeah it wasn't a money grab it wasn't yeah. sitting there as a money grab and and the, the funny thing is on the set when we were working together um you could see how much I I was very impressed because when people came up to him that know him mm-hmm. uh from the karate kid that he was so gracious for them because it, like like we've said before it's their moment 
Yeah. And he and he knew what his uh his importance was. Yeah, Mark. Well, yeah, I was going to say I think he understands what that film means to an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just hearing his voice and hearing him talk about it made me smile. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a huge Karate Kid fan. Like, it's not like one of my top three movies of all time, Mm -hmm. but I still love it. And it takes me back to this point in time where, I don't know, it's just, it's one of those movies. It's good versus evil. It's the underdog and it just resonates with you. And I think he gets that. And for him to understand too, his importance to people when they see him and he's just like, hey, wax on, wax off or whatever they do to interact with him. Mm -hmm. And for him to treat that with such grace and understanding and humor, I think is awesome. And, yeah. and I mean, now, okay, let me, let me just say this. I understand I'm not even in the same universe as, <laughs> as Ralph Macchio mm-hmm. or, or even you. And I'm sure you get stuff from Top Gear or like, hey, needles, you know, stuff like that from Rescue Me. Yeah, well, I they will um, tell you what does mm-hmm. aggravate me is when they come up and ask me to do the crane kick. I'm like, that's not me. That's not, that's that's not me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? If they call me Chachi, that pisses me off too. <laughs> I get guy. it for Nigel on Tony's show. Yeah. And when we used to do it at the restaurant, you had people coming up after the show and you get it. Like they are huge fans. And if you're salty to them, they're going to walk away being like, wow, what a jerk that guy is. And they're going to tune out the show. And honestly, I don't have a career without people who love the character and love the show. So you really do your best to say, you know, hey, it's so great to see you. And I'm really genuine with that, except for a lot of times people think that because Tony likes to kick me around, that they're like, hey, Nigel, you screwed up again. You got one job, you British (laughs) idiot. What's wrong with you? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Mark plays Nigel on the Tony Kornheiser show, who has an English accent. And sometimes when Mark screws up, Tony yells at him. And when they meet you, they're happy to see you and call you Nigel and everything. But just because they're, they're, you have to realize you're in their cars, you're in their homes. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have a familiarity with you. But, you know, I, I, it's kind of like, look, you're here, but you're not in, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I like what you say, Adam. What? It's their moment. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's their it moment. is their I moment. Always, you know what I always get? I always get, who are you? That's what I always get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you on a family guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But- uh-huh. Yeah, but you know what's really cool about that, and I was, I was, I thought that was a really great thing too. That he, I, and I love what you said that it's their moment, not mm-hmm. your moment. But it is because, yeah. because there's so many other iconic characters like that, like the Karate Kid, Rocky. You know, Stallone always gets Rocky, but he loves it. But then there's other actors like Shatner who got Captain Kirk for years, and he couldn't stand it. And so, um, you know, to have a character like that and to be cool with fans that. You know, that's how they know you. I mean, how often does somebody come up to him and say, wax on, wax off? Has to happen all the time, right? I'm guessing, especially if they're looking at the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Or the I crane to, thing, too, yeah. I had to paint a fence, and I used that technique. You, you know, did? Up, mm-hmm. down. I tried to, like, mimic. Really? Yeah. You painted a fence? Awesome. Oh, I don't know if these guys know that. My wife was in Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> come on, Adam. <laughs> you don't do chores around your house. Paint a fence. Yeah, you paint a fence. Oh my god! I don't think Gosh. I would paint a fence. Nah, no. I know. Did, did, did you? Did, do, you, do you have to harvest uh, too? <laughs> uh, you, you are such an elitist. Yeah, I'm, I'm elitist. <laughs> I'm elitist. Yeah. No, but I liked the fact that um, he had good good instincts, or his manager had good instincts, or his agent, because mm. he was in so many iconic movies. Movies that if they're on. You stop and you want to look. Yeah. What what did he oh what did he call those movies? Late, late for late dinner, for dinner. Movies. Yeah, yeah, late, late for, for dinner, dinner movies. He was. Yeah. He was in the, I'll yeah. stop on a karate kid. Uh mm-hmm. I'll stop on my cousin Vinny. For sure. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Yeah. Shawshank. Shawshank, yep. I'll stop. Yep. The Godfather, Shawshank. I'll stop. That's Good, a given. Good fellas, yeah, see, I'm stopping. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. the problem with like the Godfather is if you got like say dinner reservations at eight and then you just are looking at the TV and it's seven thirty, you're yeah. like, oh, Wow, no. they just shot Vito. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to make dinner. You <laughs> sent a text, Mark. Yeah. That's, yep. that's, the, that's the pathetic text. Yep. Yeah. Can't make it because... Uh... I got to come up yeah. with something. I can't make it. They shot the Godfather at the fruit stand. <laughs> what? I'll explain later. <laughs> Vito's in the hospital. I can't leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go help yeah. Enzo. I got I to gotta put on an overcoat. Make believe I'm holding a gun. You know my father. Some men are coming to kill you. 
There you go. Iconic. Yep. 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 I think I said this in the interview. I re because I rewatched the Karate Kid uh to interview him and the bonsai scene when he sent them out to find the balance in the car. Right. Yeah. I, I'm a grown man. I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting right here on my computer watching it, crying, looking out to see if my wife is coming in because I don't want to be embarrassed. And I'm sitting there going, that just that just just killed me that scene. And just so you know, Adam, I don't want to blow your mind too much mm -hmm. since you can't fathom me painting a fence. I also had a bonsai tree. You did? And I took a bonsai class. My God, you're a witch. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I painted Pat Morita. Actually, I, <laughs> actually, I painted my bonsai tree because it died. Uh -huh. And it was so expensive. So I just got some spray paint. Right. And I paint, remember? Painted it green. Is that why you did that? Yes. Oh, all right. Hold on. I got to make a note. My wife. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of those moments. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> My wife kills small trees <laughs> that are costly. Okay, you know what it is? I left, and I forgot to tell someone to water it. So bad. Did you have to tell them in Japanese? No. Oh, all right. By the way, there's one movie. I can't believe I forgot this. It's the absolute, I'm going to be late for anything. Wedding, heart surgery, whatever. Mm -hmm. Little Italy. That's on. Oh, and everything I'm doing. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I want to thank Ralph Macchio for shut up you guys I want to thank Ralph Macchio for being my guest yeah and by the way Adam before we go mm. you could have never been the karate kid because you have zero patience mm, yeah Miyagi would have been like man who captured a fly with chopstick accomplished anything yeah I'm not doing that today <laughs> yeah ass yeah what kind of restaurant is this you got flies buzzing around really Adam would have a fly swatter in one hand and a hammer in the other yeah <laughs> I'll be back when you clean this dump up. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. The show is growing. Uh, if you get a chance, leave us a review. That helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Please tell a friend. Help us spread the word. And remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Go. And she stormed off. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, what I did, I said, okay, here you go. Here's my phone. You do it. So I did it. And she came back, and I had to do it again. <laughs> You're an idiot. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.